The Paul Kaharski Podcast is brought to you by Yazoo Brewing Company, a Nashville original since 2003. From Kansas City, Missouri, welcome into the Paul Kuharski Podcast, AFC Championship Game Edition. Good to have you with me. And a little later this week, a lot on the plate. I uh, was fortunate to get to Kansas City before some ice closed the airport, making it difficult for a lot of people, including some of you who are listening, who I know have uh, gone to great ends to buy tickets make travel plans and get out here for a monstrous game that could send the tick uh, could send the Titans, not the tickets could send the Titans to the Super Bowl, in which case you'll be looking for tickets again. Uh, so a tremendous weekend ahead, a tremendous challenge ahead on Sunday for a team that has just met two tremendous challenges head on. Um, and surprised a lot of people by winning those two games. Do they have another one in them? Um, again, it looks like it wouldn't be likely. And again, I would say um, predict that at your own risk. The Titans beat Kansas City in week 10. Patrick Mahomes wasn't fully himself coming back from that uh, dislocated kneecap. Uh, Titans were missing a couple key guys. So were the Chiefs. Um, that was a kind of back and forth score for score game. The Titans got a key fumble recovery, a key block of a field goal. Um, and it seems like this game would need to play out in much the same fashion, but you you don't often see teams in a rematch, have the game play out to the same script and, um, you know, Games don't often play out exactly as we think they will. Baltimore did. The Titans had to play it like we thought they had to play it, and they did play it that way. I don't know that the New Orleans game uh, was the script that we thought. I certainly didn't think the Titans would be able to hold on to a one-point lead for as long as they did in that game um, and play it like they did. So let's run through some things here. I've got a little bit more audio than usual. Um this team right now is, is really confident in what it's doing and what works. But part of the beauty is that it's part of it is certainly relying on a key element that um, has been a week-to-week reliable thing, Derrick Henry. But other parts of it, like how they defend different stuff, has been different. They've built momentum with that and feel awfully good about it. That's something Mike Vrabel hit on early in the week. Here's that. You know, I think you have to realize kind of where we've come from and how we've gotten to this point and realize that it's actually worked, that our belief in, in this team and this belief in what we're doing, uh, the confidence in which we're, we're playing with, the preparation, uh, in the meetings and on the practice field, the, the execution during the games and, and the ability to build momentum throughout the week um, and, and try to ignore uh, some of the noise that happens outside this building is what's gotten to this point, uh, not about what lies on the other side. So, you know, he sounds so confident, feels so confident. The team follows suit. And it's all going together. I I think the Chiefs are certainly feeling every bit as confident as are the Niners and the Packers on the other side. And I don't think anybody gets to the final four of the NFL playoffs, the conference championship games, 
without having a lot to feel confident about. And I think Sunday at Arrowhead, you know, a good deal about it is maybe who loses some confidence um, for whatever reason. And they're going to be ebbs and flows in the game, generally speaking. Um, you know, and you figure you fight your way out of it, fight your way back. But there'd be some significant chip in somebody at some point. Maybe it comes all the way down to the end. Um, I wrote this week, I hope you read it, about the Titans' insane um, red zone performance on offense, counting the playoffs, scoring touchdowns at, uh, what is it, 88% rate? Um, Just ridiculous rate. It's one of these unfathomable Ryan Tannehill offense numbers 88.5% touchdown rate they've been in the red zone 35 times Ryan Tannehill has walked away four times without celebrating a touchdown that's crazy but it's also offset the Titans red zone defense which last year was I think first if not first it missed first by like decimal point percentage for second but has not been good this year Dean Pease was baffled by it couldn't figure it out 68.1% touchdowns allowed in the red zone um and it was really frustrating uh, to Pease and to the Titans overall um so they weren't kicking field goals but they also weren't forcing field goals but lo and behold they get into the playoffs and what do they do Patriots one touchdown and four trips. Oh, I'm sorry, Patriots, one touchdown and three trips. Ravens, one touchdown in four trips. That's 28.6%. That's a winning formula. Uh, that's some outstanding red zone defense. That's the way you win games. Mike Vrabel said, you know, kind of had that look on his face. like It felt like they were so close to figuring it out. He used the word close. We were close. We just couldn't figure it out. And he talked a little bit this week about that red zone defensive mystery slash puzzle. You know, I think we've been close. It's not like we have – I mean, we've been pretty close. I mean, I know we went from wherever we were last year, which is probably high one. I know where it was. Um, and so I don't think it was, like, just awful – <clears throat> I don't know, maybe have a, a play here or a play there, a quarterback, you know, that gets out of pocket or whatever it may be. So I think that we're, we're trying to understand maybe what we're doing and, and the players are executing very well, and that, that'll be a huge key to, to force them to kick field goals like, like we did last time. One of the guys who's key in the red zone defense and in the defense overall and who's really amped it up and been playing at a very high level. And it's great to see him playing at a high level in the biggest games because he's the position player, non-special teams guy who's been around the longest, who's suffered through the most, uh, Jarrell Casey. And um, I think people who root for this team should be, are, rooting the most for Jarrell Casey to see him get to a Super Bowl and uh, get some of that name recognition that comes with playing great football in January into February. Um, 
he was just terrific in Baltimore, in New England as part of the, the goal line stand. Um, and he's never really envisioned himself playing somewhere else, even when things were completely shitty with the Titans and around times when he had expiring contracts or was in, in the end of contracts were in sight. He talked about the idea that he always just kind of thought he'd stick it out in Tennessee and he would either make it to a Super Bowl with the Titans or he'd be a guy that never made it to the Super Bowl because he didn't envision himself as being a guy who would jump around to, to another team. And I think that's one of the things that makes him uh, really a guy for Titans fans to root for. Unbelievable. Always said um, whenever I got drafted, I wanted to make sure I one stay around on the team and be a leader. And then uh, whenever I got opportunity, if I'm not in the Super Bowl, I didn't want to go nowhere. Uh, I want to stay with whatever team I'm with and make sure I lead that team to be a Super Bowl contender and be the leader. That's what you got to do. And I take pride in that. And as you've seen with me not wanting to go to Pro Bowls and alternates, it's just a mindset that I always had growing up is just, you know, when you stick with teams, loyalty. You know, you, you got to be with that squad. You got to ride with them. No, no matter how tough it is, you got to fight it out too. So I'm done. Either I'm going to be tired not being able to go to the Super Bowl at all with the Titans, or I was going to be able to go to one. Um, my mindset is take care of the AFC Championship and hope my dreams come true. Casey, uh, ironically enough, also said, as somebody was working on a story about the this this road trip with what it was Houston, New England. Baltimore, Kansas City, and a Super Bowl. It'd take five consecutive wins on the road for the Titans to win a Super Bowl title. And, um, you know, there's some things to be said about going out on the road and doing it all on the road. But Casey was asked at one point about, you know, whether he enjoyed kind of going on the road and silencing the road crowds. And he said he hates playing on the road. But, the team overall has really kind of uh, embraced this road warrior mentality, um, this brotherhood it helps create. And, um, you know, they don't talk much about the, the overall perspective of what they're doing. But Kevin Byer did talk about, you know, the idea that they would beat the Patriots, the defending Super Bowl champs and, and the greatest of all time at quarterback and Tom Brady, arguably that they would beat Lamar Jackson, who's going to be MVP this year, the all pro quarterback that they, it would entail beating Patrick Mahomes, the defending MVP. And that that would be, uh, you know, three division champions um, and, and the kind of play and the kind of teams the Titans would have to beat in order to get to the Super Bowl, in order to earn the chance to face the Niners or the Packers. Here's Bayard on that. The, the, the teams that we've been able to defeat uh, are very formidable opponents. Talking about the GOAT and Tom Brady being the league MVP and Lamar Jackson. I mean, just like I said, having that role warrior mentality really – Sticking together as teammates uh, has really brought us so far. Has really brought us far. So we're just gonna have to keep doing it. And uh, I mean, at the end of the day, man, Patrick Mahomes was the MVP last year. So uh, we understand the challenge that we have coming up this week. 
really going to have to lock in on everything that the coach is going to give us game plan-wise and go out there and try to execute and win another big game on the road. Paul Kaharski podcast is brought to you by Yazoo Brew, faithful partners of mine in this endeavor from very early on. They support me, and I hope you will support them. They've got a delicious beer for everyone's taste. Look for the distinctive red and white logo. Pony up to the bar and order around. Stop by the refrigerator at your local supermarket and grab a six, a 12, or a case for your fridge or for the fridge of the homeowner at the party where you're headed to watch the game. I thought, too, it was interesting the way Wesley Woodyard talked. Wesley Woodyard got huge praise from Dean Pease for at least the second time this year for what a great leader he's been on this team. Woodyard, you know, a, a fixture here, a great free agent signing, probably the second best in the history of the franchise. I think you could argue easily uh, after Delaney Walker. Um, but a guy whose role's really been minimized as special teams captain He's playing more now on defense because Jayon Brown's been hurt. But with the healthy Jayon Brown on this team, uh, Woodyard's been minimized on defense. And even now, uh, with Brown hurt, um, Titans' preference is to pay, play David Long because they, they need speed in that spot. I'm skeptical about how much Jayon Brown's going to be able to do this weekend. Just It's hard to get back from a shoulder that's popped out. Uh, then you land on it again and you have somebody land on you and it can't take that pressure. So uh, the Titans have seven guys who are questionable. I expect them all to play. If Brown plays, though, you're, you're putting it at risk. And I wonder if there's a chance you don't play him because you don't think you can get too much out of him and you figure if you do win, then you've got a chance at a healthier version of Jayon Brown. Um, with two more weeks rest before the Super Bowl. Uh, I thought it was interesting that um, or the way Woodyard talked about the team's collective buy-in since that ugly two-and-four start that had plenty of people, me, including, uh, me included, doubting just uh, who the Titans were and whether they had completely overestimated uh, what they had in that locker room in terms of both talent and leadership. To get to the, the main goal at hand, and, you know, that's winning the last game of the season. We're sitting at two and four. We were a team that, you know, we really understand. Like, man, we could be a great team, but we're missing something. We're not doing something right. And I think it took a collective buy-in from everybody in this building and this organization to understand what we have at hand and how to get us out of the dumps at two and four. And, you know, man, I had talked to my teammates and coaches in this building, and, you know, we didn't look back, man. We just wanted to continue to get better every week, and that's been our challenge, be better than we were the previous week. Now, if you go back to week 10, Titans uh, were 4-5 and five coming into the regular season game at Nissan Stadium against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes coming back from that knee injury I mentioned earlier. Uh, it was a huge game. I was writing at that time about the Titans playoff chances and people were bitching me out on Twitter for having the gall to even talk about them as a, having any kind of playoff potential. But lo and behold, um, you know, those hopes that seemed pretty slim at the time obviously came to fruition. That game was 
turned out to be a huge catalyst. And I think it also showed just what the Titans capabilities were. I mean, you really had to stand toe to toe with the chiefs, even with an injured Mahomes in order to be able to be there at the end with the chiefs and certainly to beat them. And, um, Ryan Tannehill said, you know, he found that to be the game that kind of showed the Titans what they were capable of and that they could take off. Well, that can give us some confidence, you know, um, coming off of, of a loss to Carolina and, you know, coming back home and, and being able to beat a, a really good team. Um, late in the fourth quarter, came back a couple times in that game. Down nine in the fourth quarter, being able to come back and get that win. Defense stepping up huge, uh, and then offense making some plays to get the points on the board. Uh, it just gave us a lot of confidence that uh, you know we could be we could be really good teams, and uh, kind of springboarded us and gave us confidence that that just kept growing as the season went on. So uh, maybe you heard a lot of that during the week. Maybe you didn't, but a couple snippets of Vrabel, Jarrell Casey, Kevin Byard, Wesley Woodyard and Ryan Tannehill to catch you up on the week. I don't know. You know, I, you know I'm not into game predictions, and I'm not going to start getting into them now. I don't like to predict the game because then I have to root for the result of the game. And so if I tell you the Chiefs are going to win, um, then there's an element of me in the press box that it winds up rooting for the Chiefs at the end of a close game. So I'm not called stupid for having picked the Chiefs to win. I think it's going to be hard for the game to look like the first game. Um, though that seems like the most likely thing. But does it seem like the most likely thing because it's what happened before? Does it seem like the most likely thing because we just saw the Chiefs put up a ton of points on Houston after falling behind early? Um, I think those things are definitely true. I have a really hard time picturing it being a 13-10 game. Um I think there are two late-game factors that could come into play here. Andy Reid sucks at the end of late games. He makes bad decisions on clock management, on go for it or don't go for it, on kick it or don't kick it, on four-minute offense and punt it or don't punt it or on all of that stuff. Um, And he's got a bad record against the Titans as well. And so I think he's an end-of-game factor in a close game. Um, so I would put that in the Titans' favor if this is the kind of game that uh, that comes down to the wire. Uh, but the other problem is that the, if it's the kind of game that comes down to the wire and the Titans need a field goal late, we haven't seen Greg Joseph attempt a field goal for the Titans yet. Mike Vrabel said that he considers all those extra points to be field goals, and, and those have all gone fine. But uh, kicking an extra point, and kicking a field goal to win the game are two different things in terms of pressure. Kansas City's a different place than these places that he's been kicking extra points. It's colder. The stakes are higher. Um, The wind is probably swirling more. Um, And did I mention that the stakes are higher? So – That's a scenario you've got to be somewhat worried about. Um, You know, we certainly had a lot of time, Joseph, to to kick and practice. 
and to to get things down. But you know, Vrabel himself said you get confident in doing things by doing them successfully. And Greg Joseph hasn't had a chance to kick a field goal, long, short, and intermediate, successfully so far this season. So um, it's hard. It's hard to um, to know what you're going to get there. And because it's been such a bad kicking season for the Titans, um, I'd put that up there with uh, – I mean, it's less of a known than Andy Reid being bad at the end of close games, but it's an unknown, that's for sure. So I would worry about that. I certainly would worry about that. Um, I'll finish you off here with some numbers. So many good numbers being thrown out. I limited myself to three here. The Chiefs have scored on 59.8%. Let's call it 60. The Chiefs have scored on 60% of their drives in the first half this season. The best in the NFL. The league average is only 37%, if I round it. So the Chiefs are scoring on 60% of their first-half drives this season. The league average is 37%. 60% is monstrous. Titans are going to have to get that number down, 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 and they're going to have to get their own number up, 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 up. They're not a great first-half scoring team by any means. Um, and again, Titans fully capable of a comeback. Chiefs are not a team you want running away from you. Ryan Tannehill completed 70.3% of his passes this year, the third best uh, of quarterbacks in the league who threw enough passes to be on the list. The Chiefs allowed a completion percentage of 60.5% this season. That was the fourth best in the NFL. The weather contributes here. Obviously, Tannehill has not thrown a lot of passes in the postseason. Was it 15 in both games or 15 in one game, 14 in another game? Uh, seven completions in both playoff games. That's a 10, 10 percentage point spread there between Tannehill's completion percentage and the Chiefs' completion percentage allowed. Um, I think that could be significant if he winds up closer to his number or closer to their number. Keep an eye on that. Patrick Mahomes has a 101.7 passer rating at home this season. Seventh best of NFL quarterbacks. The Titans, on the road, allow a passer rating of 82. Sixth best in the NFL amongst uh, road quarterback ratings. That's a significant margin there of almost 20 points. So... The Titans get the quarterback down to the number, down near the number that they've managed this season, or is Mahomes up near where he's been uh, at Arrowhead this season? That's another telling number that uh, probably will tell us plenty about how the game pans out. Mahomes, 101.7 passer rating at home. Titans. 82 passer rating allowed on the road this season. Hey, um, I appreciate you checking in, listening. Um, if you're not a member of paulkuherski.com, if this team's about to go to the Super Bowl, I don't know what you are waiting for. 
jump in. Playoff special going on right now, 25% off. It's a steal, I'm telling you. Um, appreciate you listening. I hope you get the result that you're rooting so badly for this weekend. If you're here, I hope to see you out at the, the fan rally party um, or wherever in Kansas City. I hope you eat well. I hope you stay warm. And I look forward to uh, seeing a lot of you in the private Periscope after the game and uh, hearing from a lot of you on Twitter as I tweet about what's unfolded and uh, in the comments on my column after what should be a good one on Sunday. Thanks so much. Don't block the box. Do block the locks. The Paul Kaharski Podcast is a joint production of paulkaharski.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W. Dot com.